はいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはI'm okay. I'm a, you know, I, you you were in a mood yesterday. I was in a mood yesterday. I was in a mood today, after my dad told me something, and it really pissed me off a lot. Did it piss you off or did it upset you? No, it pissed me off. Your dad? Oh, okay. No, I mean, no, nothing he, like nothing between he and I. He told me something that had happened, like in the world, yeah. and it pissed me off. What? What? Can you share? Oh yeah. So uh, <laughs> I I had no idea. Um, that last night at like 1140, I don't know if you know, like 1148 last night, the fucking shitheads at Antifa decided to go into Williamsburg and, and like destroy uh, and vandalize the Apple store I used to work in. Wait, why? Uh, because that's um, what Antifa does. They're raging against the machine. Yeah, they did that. They did it to that. The whole, I mean, listen, I get it. Like that area of Williamsburg is very gentrified. I understand. But like uh, the, you know, like that, we always talk about that video you sent me of the people marching down the street. Yeah. Like, that, but that's not, that's number one. That's not Antifa. That's anti-fascist right. behavior, but that's not Antifa. And right. my, my, I'm not to cut you off, but my feelings with the, with this, it's like a lot of the members of Antifa are, are gr- gratefully unaffected by the stuff that they fight against. Yeah. Yes, you know. yes, I know what you mean, and yes, it was a lot of white people. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, there was. I mean, I will say that uh, the video I watched, there were some black people in there, but it was mostly oh, of white course, people. Of course, of yeah. course. I mean, you know, it's, it's not a race thing. I think it's like I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying that it is a race thing. I'm just yeah. you know that it just happens to also involve race, but like, yeah. uh, I just it pisses it, me off a lot. Yeah, Antifa as um, a conversation is exhausting because you want to defend what they fight for, but you don't want to defend how they're fighting for it. Yeah, I mean, what are they? What are they fighting for? What is the point of destroying an Apple store? Yeah, exactly. I don't. That's my that that that's why I asked. Are they like? Is this like you know? You're a part of the machine. You're a part of the problem. You're a cog yeah. in this great being that is you know. At a det, um, detrimental to society, I I don't know I don't I don't know what what it is. Are they um, just like anarchists? Is that what they want? Anarchy? They don't want anarchy. They they want well. So there probably are a, is a significant faction within Antifa that are anarchists right. because that is you know um, dangerously. Uh, close to anarchy what they're proposing um, right because it's like um it's a slippery slope what you agree upon can quickly turn into anarchy right i, well, I think at least well just to get back to it so they did that they just they broke all the windows on the apple store they went inside they went inside they looted um, they broke all the windows at the Whole Foods and then at the Chase Bank across the street. And like, I get it. These companies are very wealthy. They'll be fine. I remember, you know, when I uh, worked, you know, when I still work at Apple, but like when working in the store, you know, and you can attest to this too, if someone's trying to steal something, just let them do it because 
The Apple can take care of it. Apple can afford it. Yep. They, you know, and every corporation budgets for a certain amount of loss. Yeah. And then that's what they have insurance for. Exactly. So like, that's not the thing. It's just like, maybe, maybe I'm idolizing the situation too much because I worked there. That was the first store I worked uh, in the city area. It was very close to me. I know a lot of amazing people that work there and a lot of great people that live in the community that go there. So it really upset me a lot as if it was like, if they were just breaking in and destroying a, you know, a, the Tom store around the corner, like this really affected and pissed me off. So, well, yeah, I mean, it's like, um, whether or not you're, you know, economically or physically or financially, um, affected, it's still like, like that. it sucks. It's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a second home. Like when you work someplace and you actually like that place that you work at, you know, it's a second home. You're there. Yeah eight hours of the day, you know, yeah. same thing with the people that you work with. You know, it's, um, you would hope that you like the people that you work with because you see them more than you see your family sometimes. Absolutely. And like, so, right now, and, and even right now I, I am strictly working from home, but I am, I am part of a store in the city. And if that store, even though I've only worked in that store before the pandemic happened for like three weeks, if that store got ransacked, which it almost did, but they stopped by that point, uh, it would have affected me. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how your feelings are. I mean, we talked about our past Apple experiences, but I view Apple as like my company, and I take it very to heart. So, so I don't have any grievances with you know Apple as a company outside right. of their um, the practices that I was a witness to, but right. those could be you know local practices. Yeah, you know, um, I don't have a problem with a lot of that stuff. I mean, everybody has an issue. Or has like issues with different things here and there. Like if you blindly agree with everything that Apple does, then there's a little bit more of a cultish fanboyism in you than anything. But like I think that uh, for me, I, I I I like a lot about Apple, and there's a lot of stuff about Apple I disagree with. But I don't have any like real grievances. My grievances are with the people that I I encountered yep. that just so happened to also be at Apple. Absolutely. Speaking of that. Let's let's get away from this because I was like, oh, let's also talk about the 50 murders that happened this past weekend in the city and like how the city's going downhill and everything like that. But like, let's not play into that because it's everywhere because it's all I see on like TikTok and Instagram and CNN yeah. that the New York City is going so, downhill. So so what they're what why it's being like um, politicized is the idea that people want to defund the police. Yeah. And they're trying to correlate the two because the myth is that police prevent crime, but in the reality, police respond to crime. Correct. So those shootings would have happened whether or not we were talking about defunding the police. Oh, I know. I know. And like, and, and then the phone calls to 911 would have been made after the shootings happened. Right. You see, you, you dig what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I like it. Did. I, uh, real quick, I also wanted to go and said like, both you and I, I mean, obviously, we we both believe like Antifa has nothing to do with the BLM thing. And it's sad that it gets roped into the BLM yeah. situation a lot. And I, I talked to my dad about that and like Joe surprises me sometimes. I mean, not surprises me, but I like to see how refreshing he can be. And when I said that to him, I'm like, listen, you and I both need to understand that this Antifa thing has nothing to do with the BLM movement. And he's like, absolutely not. He's like, I'm glad to hear you say that. Cause these people are putting a bad name around a good movement. So, 
Yeah, I mean, so I mean, with that generation, your pops and my pops, they're around the same age, probably yeah. like a ten year difference, but like you know, they're from a similar time, right? Um, like, it's good to see progress. Yeah, it's good to see like you know growth. Because, yeah. like, it, it'd be unfortunate to, like, feel a certain way about certain things and then, like, you know, have to deal with that, like, inconsistency in thought between you and a person that you love. Or just, uh, try going to a family barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my dad, you know, he's he's very one way, but then you go to a family barbecue and, and, and it's... you a, realize he's more progressive than a lot of people younger than him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what's funny, too? What's one thing I've noticed, too, is, like, especially at my family outings and stuff and family gatherings, the, the men tend to be more conservative and the women tend to be a little bit more democratic and liberal. That's because uh, the democratic or liberal agenda has more, women have more to gain from that, at least on, uh, on the East coast and up in New York. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, the w- women lean democratic because they have more to gain from the democratic agendas, you know, like, you know, yeah, yeah no, I, women's I lib and women's um, equal rights and all that jazz. Well, also today, uh, you know, uh, is a big day for women's history. Today marks, I forget how many years, I apologize, but today marks the anniversary of uh, the suffragette movement, women's right to vote. So that's the suffragette movement. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I only laugh because I, uh, I remember back, uh, I forgot what I was watching. And they were, um, it was like a prank where they were trying to get people to sign a petition to end women's suffrage. <laughs> they called it the suffragette movement? No, no, they were just like, end women's suffrage. And then, you know, they'd be like, women are suffering all over the world. Did you Would you like to end women's suffrage? <laughs> <laughs> and some people were like, yeah. You know, and they were getting really into it. And other people were like, hold up. That's not what women's suffrage means. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, today is is the anniversary of women's right to vote, which, again, I mean, different time periods, but to think that that had to be a thing is just just interesting. Yo, let's be real. If you're saying that had to be a thing, like voting rights is still an issue right now. Oh, yeah. that That we're like fucking dealing with, you know, voter suppression is really real and we're seeing it more and more. I didn't want to get into this, but like, you know, the whole post office situation, uh, really? Yeah, we had to get into this, though. We could not talk about this. Come on. Like, um, the, the new postmaster general had to come, like, he's was pressured into not making any changes until after the election. Yeah. Be- because, like, at, you know, by Trump's definition, um, the, the post office is failing. Side note, that that's coming from a person who's um, bankrupt upwards of seven businesses. Yep. So the definition of failing is dramatically skewed when it comes from that person. Yes. I'm and just like, going to put that out there. No, no, you're right. And, and to be honest with you, though, he is right. The post office and the postal system is horrible. We all know that. We've all had to stand in line at the post office. We know how bullshit it is. But... It's not like the post office failed and all the people that work there and the postmaster general failed. It failed because they'd rather put money into different things and not fund a vital system in well, our country. So 
so the reality is the post office is not funded. Yes. The post office is self-sustaining. You're correct. They are actually, you're right. They are a separate entity. They are not a, technically they're not a government. Yeah, they're not a government funded entity. The government can fund to make changes or to assist like it can do with the auto company, auto industry. But the U.S. Postal, Postal Service is just like U.S. Parcel Service and um, and FedEx. They're just yeah. the cheapest of the three. Yeah. You're you know, right. Like, you're, you're completely right. And it's, it's crazy like, to think that. That's too. why you pay for tickets, uh, tickets for stamps. That's why you pay for packages and all that stuff is paid for because you're, that's how you're paying for those jobs and stuff like that. You know, yeah. and some people, some most businesses have standing accounts with those companies so every letter goes out you know they handle upwards of 140 billion um items mailed a year that's insane you know that's just in the u.s you know both in and out but like you know those are things that touch hands in the u.s so like the idea that it's failing it's like they they make a lot more money that's why you know, it's cheaper. Like I was looking at something like it was like, you know, an item to, to ship or to mail a, 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 like a birthday card. The right. cheapest way to mail a birthday card to, through FedEx is like 16 bucks. Oh, don't even give me like 20 bucks. And then by mail, it, by U.S. Postal Service, it's um, it, no, it's like 51 cents because it's just a stamp. That's that. That's the thing too. Is like, uh, you know, like I'm a big camera guy. I'm a big film guy. I've been buying a lot of cameras from Japan, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> sometimes I'll buy something and I realize, oh, this isn't for me, and I want to return it. I've had to do it three separate times. FedEx just to ship plain, like the cheapest of the cheap shipping to Japan, two hundred and fifty dollars. I had a, I bought a that Super Eight camera that I, I, you and I messed around with. Mm. That's weird. Um, <laughs> that uh, it super didn't, eight. yeah, super eight. It didn't work properly, so I asked the guy, "Can I return?" He said, "Yes." It ended up costing more to ship to it back it than the you bought it for. Exactly. The guy was like, "Dude, <laughs> fuck it. I'll just refund you ninety dollars out of the hundred and fifty. I was like, "All right, fine." So yeah, you're right. To do it at the post office, it probably would have cost eighty dollars. But the thing is, they're so underfunded that and understaffed that just going to the post office, you're guaranteed to wait there like the DMV. Yeah. I was, speaking of which, I was at the DMV this morning. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. motorcycle license? Yep. I'm, nice. I'm official. There you go. Vroom, vroom. Like a, recipe, like a referee with a whistle. There you go. Um, yeah. When, uh, when are we going to go for a ride so I could strap myself on your back? <laughs> So you can straddle me. Yeah. Um, the, well, I got the bike has to come out, come back from service. I dropped it off. Hold on. Uh, I got, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to interrupt. I, I have a question I've been just thinking about because like I, I rode the bike you gave that we, you gave me, I rode it this past week. It's phenomenal. Um, but like when you're holding on to the handlebars, do like, do you get vibe? like vibration feedback to the point where like your hands start to get like numb from it? Or is there like dampening stuff on the motorcycle? Yeah. Like the handlebars, like, you know, uh, your hands don't get numb from it, but you, there is some vibration that you feel. I'm just curious. You're doing so much. So your, your involved hand involvement is a lot more on a motorcycle than it would be on a bike. What about, 
what about on your uh on your manhood uh, um you're like ryan the whole time you're like, know oh what? yes go faster <laughs> you know what maybe <laughs> for the passenger <laughs> but like there's so much to focus on when you're riding man especially being a new rider yeah yeah, yeah. you're not you're not thinking about that yeah you're not be careful trust me just be trust careful me. <laughs> when i did the uh, test oh, oh, at the end of the riding the, the basic riders course <laughs> one of the things you have to go fast um like you have to get the second gear real quick and then do a hard stop and Really? Um, because I was on because I was on an enduro bike, which is you know has a lot softer suspension and stuff, and yeah. the seating position is different. I wheelied by mistake. <laughs> <laughs> not like not like a crazy wheelie. Like the bike, the, the the wheel just lifted off the front off the ground. Right. And then after the 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 test, the instructor goes, "Was that your first really?" I was like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> That's awesome. That's incredible. And you passed, right? Oh yeah, yeah, Pat. That's how I was able to get my license one time. Right, like usually, right. you have to get your um, your permit, and then you had to go through the like the take the road test and all that. But um, because you take the basic riders course, you just bypass that. So you go take the permit test afterwards, and then they just give you the license one time. Oh, so if you do that, you don't have to like go to a course and do a fake, you know, loop around the parking lot. Um. Yeah, no, you don't have to do that. I don't have to take a road test and then wait and all that stuff. Oh, I don't okay. have to do anything. It's just, you know. And one of the guys in the the, the basic rider course that I took, he scheduled his appointment because everything DMV is appointment based now. Yeah, yeah. He scheduled his appointment the day of the last day of the basic riders course. So he went from the course to the DMV. Damn. And got his license. He was like really eager. I was like, you have a bike? He's like, no. <laughs> what, are you, what are you in a hurry for? Was, well, do they, do they like give you a bike to test on? They give you a bike to practice to, to take the course on. Yeah, that's what I meant. Like, yeah, you take the, the, the like all day long. You're on a court on a bike that's you know issued by them, um, cool. and it's a smaller bike, small displacement, so it's not like you can't handle the power of the bike. Right. Um, it's also not like a sports bike. It's a cruiser, so it's like you you should be able to learn on it. Like they, they honestly. They do everything. If you know how to ride a bicycle, they do everything they can to so that you don't fail the right. course. You know, well, for, uh, for the four hundred bucks, you shouldn't fail the course. Although somebody in my class did fail and get kicked out. Damn, that's rough. Well, not kicked out, but they were like, uh, "Maybe this is not for you. <laughs> maybe you should skateboard." Yeah, maybe this is not for you. And it, it was funny when you got there. The guy was like, he looked the part. You know, he had the the the, the really tailored motorcycle jacket on, you know, right. had the the boots on. He you know he looked the part, and then pfft, dropped nope. the bike. Nope, <laughs> that's rough. Yeah, he dropped the bike, and he tried to pick it up by the by the the um, he dropped the bike on its side. So he was trying to pick lift the the, the side that was pointing up was the side where the throttle was on. Oh, so God. he was <laughs> trying to lift the bike up with the, the throttle hand and then the bike is doing like donut circles on the ground i would love to have seen that <laughs> i was I, like it was so funny i saw the end of it because it was like in the middle of like a um <laughs> it was in the middle of a um like 
holy shit, why did I lose this word? Parking lot? No, not the parking lot. Um, Course? Uh, when you practice something, when you're doing something. Oops, sorry. Exercise. It was in the middle of an exercise. <laughs> we got there. We got there. <laughs> Dude, I'm so fucking tired. I've been working so hard. It's not so not just so hard, just so much these past couple of days with work work and photo stuff and the fucking Yeah, you've been techniques. a busy bee with your photo stuff. I've been seeing. Looking good. Yeah, man. It's just this picnic thing is also draining. Because we're doing a lot of the business and stuff. Right. Oh, so to because we launched last week, ah, and we didn't talk about this last week. Hey guys. Hey everybody. People, Phil has a people, thing. Listeners. We did a thing. So my girlfriend and I uh, started a business together. Very dangerous, I know. And um, so check this out. We have a bespoke picnic company where we, you know, uh, set up and break down a picnic for people. It's per service. It's like kind of throwing throwing events, but we do specifically picnics in the park of your choice we suggest one of four parks and you get to choose one of those four parks and we come and set it up you know um if you've ever had a picnic uh you know that the uh, worst part about it is everything but the picnic and then by the time you sit down to enjoy the picnic itself it's like it wasn't worth it but if you reach out to us at bourgeoisbaskets at gmail.com we will be able to set up your picnic, create a, a, a beautiful aesthetic atmosphere for you. And then when you're done, you just get up and leave. And then we come and clean up after you. It's really, really dope. Well, not um, every, don't, don't, they don't clean up everything. So <laughs> we don't clean up everything, <laughs> but we, we leave the park uh, as good as it was when we got there. Yeah, leave the earth oh. as good as it was. Something like that, whatever that slogan is. Yes. Oh, we also, you know, we offer um, all the all the good stuffs that you see in the pictures of, you know, high-end picnics. And then we also offer a Bluetooth speaker. We thought of everything. Look at that. We thought of everything. But no, on, on a serious note, yes, it's a bespoke uh, picnic company that uh, sets up and breaks down your picnic. Um, we uh, also cater your meal. Um, and, um, it's a surprise every time we have different basket packages. So, you know, check us out on Instagram at bourgeois baskets. And, um, for inquiries, you can email us at bourgeois baskets at gmail.com. And now how for the, for some people out there that, you know, aren't good at that stuff. How do you spell bourgeois? (laughs) Bourgeois. So bourgeois is a French word. Um, uh, it's B O U R G E O I S. Baskets. Baskets. B A S K E T S. Yeah, I gotta send you those photos, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> did you touch? Did you touch them up? Yes, I did. I gotta. I gotta finish a couple of more. I can have them for you this week and stuff. I'm sorry. I've just been right. busy and dealing with. Hey, man, that's how. That's what happens when you get stuff done by friends. It's just yeah, the nature yeah, yeah. of the beast. Yeah, yeah, well, then, you know, eventually it's like, be- I can't I can't really be mad that we're free. I know. I'm going to tell I'm still going to take you up on that picnic eventually when I Yep, when you yep. Yep, yep. All right. Uh, <laughs> so wait, when I when I search for you this black business 
black business branding. branding. Is that mm-hmm. also you or is that your girl? That is also me. I love it. We're going to follow that. So too. both of them, both of them are, are me, my girl and I. So my girl um, has a, a, a decent social presence online. Nelly's Compass is her um, main business page. And what that does is, you know, with Nelly's Compass, she highlights black um, or women of color that are doing amazing things. And with that, she also has different events that she throws. Um, she has a good an eye for detail for throwing events or coordinated events, um, but she also implements that with Nelly's Compass where she throws events um, that- so Are you uh, saying Nelly's Compass? Yep. Is it N-E-L-L-Y or N-E-L-L-I-E-S? N-E-L-L-I-E-S. Okay, cool. I'm just, try- I'm just yeah. trying to find it myself. No, it's all right. It's um yeah, but the events are are done to celebrate um women of color and you know, their black girl magicness. That's right. Uh, I'm probably not doing it any justice describing it, but I'm trying my best. Um but in seeing that I have a background for, you know, audio and video and you know, I'm pretty much a whiz at, you know, a, the computer. I can give you, you know, help you get you get your brand off the ground online you know her and i are using our um i guess you can say our um strengths to help other black businesses get to a point where they're all um showcasing themselves or um their web presence um is you know align with their vision for their business. So, right. you know, it's really, really tough in that space because, you know, as a community where, you know, um, don't, you don't necessarily always have the funds. Most businesses that start up don't have the funds to, um, to, to really give yourself the, um, aesthetic that you want right away. But what we were noticing is in this new awakening of like black culture and black awareness and black business. And it's like this whole movement that's happening right now. You know, we wanted to make sure that one of the things that wasn't forgotten or left to the wayside was quality and appearance. And, you know, I always say to people, whether or not you get traffic on your website, having a website validates you, your business. So like, do you, do you think still, even in this day and age, I guess, depending on business, that websites still matter. And I'll ask you that because the reason, reason I ask you that is because I am a professional photographer. You know, this, we both are, I have a website that has all of my portfolio, though I have to update it very badly. Um, contact info services, all of that on there. Um, but I, I have found out that I've gotten more, like I have a gig that I, I got for October. I got that through both my YouTube channel and my Instagram. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, having a website is great for showcasing things, but like, do you think a website, depending on situation and service is extremely necessary? I do because it's a landing page just for you. Got it. Um, and then you have full control of what it looks like. You have full control of what is on there and what is accessible through there. So, 
it's not just having the website, but like if you have a brand and then you want to do consultations and stuff like that. One of the things that um, uh, bothers me the most is like, you know, you reach out to someone or you see someone that has like something going on and you want to reach out to them. It's like, well, DM me. It's like that just sounds so unprofessional. Does I mean, it, yeah, you're right. It does. But do you think like also at the same time, depending on clientele, like if you, you know, if you're working like say you're uh, a financial advisor and you just met a new client at a, a at a bookstore by accident, you're like, all right, man, well, we'll be in touch. DM me. Yes, that does sound unprofessional because certain backgrounds hold a higher standard. But like yeah. for, for you and I who are professional photographers and stuff like that. I don't think like if, if we ran into like a, you know, we, you and I went to a coffee shop and, you know, uh, either one of us started talking to the owner and he's saying, Hey, I need someone to come in and take photos saying something like DM me is kind of like almost acceptable nowadays, depending on situational. It is. But what having a website does, um, what I believe it does is it tells so it, there's a barrier for entry to having a website, right? There's work that goes into having it and maintaining it, or at least there's the illusion of that. And Instagram, everybody has an Instagram. Everybody has yeah. a Facebook. Everybody has a Twitter. It doesn't take any work to do that. That's not true either. Right. But the barrier for entry is a lot lower. So when you have a website, it's, it validates you because it's like you, you're serious about what you're doing. Because you took the time to create the space that's just for you. Then can I can I give you a piece? Can I, Phil, can I give you some feedback? Sure. Uh, I completely agree with you. Uh, having a website definitely validates your business and the fact that you actually give a shit. But one thing that always stuck out to me, especially for me in my position at work, dealing with so many businesses, I always feel better and more validated if their email is actually Phil at bougie or uh, uh yes yes no, that, that's that's the, that's one of the next steps we just have to get our website up i got Once it the website is up then we'll have that um because we already own the uh, bourgeois baskets domain perfect same thing with black business branding we already own the black business branding group domain so like to your point yes that is also part of it but if you're taking the steps to um advance or validate your business or you know create that professional aesthetic right yeah in those steps you will learn that getting that email address um is is really really simple or at the very least we can walk you through the steps of getting the that email address you know info at ryanjleone.com yeah you see what i'm saying because it does take a lot like it doesn't take a lot but it's a lot of upfront work but we're, you and I are saying that because you and I have been doing things like this since we were kids. So, like, we know how to have a domain name and then point it at a certain DNS file and then have that correspond to a Google business app. So we have Ryan at RyanJLeon.com or Phil at BourgeoisBaskets.com. But for, yeah. the, for the everyday person, that's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. It's tough. And that's where we come in as a black business branding group. We right. offer you the assistance, the guidance to, you know, out of fee to walk you through the steps of getting that stuff up and running. Because once right. you have it up and running, then the maintenance is actually low. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you have a good you, know? if you have a good front website, like the, the maintenance is really low. The only time you have to do anything is if you say you're a restaurant, you added fall menu or if you're yeah. a 
shoe store, you add a new line of shoes you've just produced yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah those, and then that kind of stuff, you know, as, as, um, tedious as they may be, you know, especially if you're doing weekly specials or whatever, yeah. the reality of that is you create a workflow around that and it won't be as daunting of a task, you know, and just like with anything else, you flex that muscle enough, it's, it, it becomes second nature. Yeah. And, you know, we, we want to be able to help people learn what muscles to flex on the internet and how to flex them properly so that, you know, they'll be able to do or get the traffic that they want, or at the very least, you know, if they're challenged outside of the um, social media space to be like, oh, you know, why can't I go to a website with your stuff? Oh, well, my, my website's right here. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying to not have a social media um, presence. Yeah. That's, you know, that's default now. But having a web page or having a web presence outside of your social media is very, very important because there are some people who don't want to do business over, you know, if you're selling products over Instagram with a cash app account, they want to know that you're have, you have a storefront page that is, you know, certified that their credit card information won't be stolen. Yeah. And they want to know that they have, there's, they're dealing with a, um, a business that is, um, that that's not going to take their money and not send them a product because the, to be a hundred percent honest, the people that are okay with, you know, um, cash apping you something for a product you sell or for a service you sell, you take care of, uh, are usually people that already know you and that well runs dry really, really quick of people that re- that know you and that, that consume your products or services, you know, on a regular basis. Like how many photo shoots do you do your close friends really really need ryan <laughs> I know. you eventually want to start getting new clients and you got somebody that has never heard of you that doesn't know you, you think they're really going to be comfortable with you know cash apping you over instagram for a shoot i mean it's i'd rather not because like as someone who considers himself a professional i like to have invoices i like to have a paper trail exactly all yeah. of that's important and, and the great know. thing about nowadays is, which you can tie into your business and stuff, like everything that like 10 years ago was hard is easy now. Like I remember yeah. when I was like 23 and I had my first business of like doing social media for people, it was so difficult to figure out because I did it on a monthly payment basis. It was so difficult to figure out how to get reoccurring payments on my website. Luckily, mm-hmm. I finally figured it out through PayPal, but like, I didn't know how to do invoices. I didn't know how to do receipts. And now anything you need, whether it's a pay button on a website or invoice stuff, it is much simpler. And But still, that's saying for us, for other people, they might not know something like invoice to go exists. Yeah. And like that's what's very important where I, you know, we, we're creating on top of giving you a, um, a, aesthetic, a aesthetically pleasing um, web presence. We give you the roadmap, you know, to navigating all that stuff. You guys should, uh, for black, what's it called? Black, uh, black business branding, black business branding. Yeah. You yeah. guys should definitely do a podcast. Yeah. That. That's the, that's the plan. It's, it's, it's in the works. It's going to be, it's going to be something that we do. We're going to, oh, we're, we're talking about doing some, you know, Instagram lives and Q and A's and all that stuff. Oh yeah. I think, it was, I think, 
I think it's a valuable tool because one, a lot of people out there don't know stuff like how you and I know stuff, but also that demographic has been marginalized to the fact that they've been, they don't know it because they haven't been given the advantage to know it. And for yeah, you to yeah. put that or the access, there. exactly. So yeah, you the should. access to it, to the information, you know, like yeah. that. I mean, if you look at, if you look at the, 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 the situation with homeschooling, like one of the biggest issues is, you know, internet access at home. It's, you know, people are realizing that that's no longer a luxury. That's, that's default. Like it should be like water. Oh yeah. It's know? like, um, it's where those things called like, it's an like, essential, essential. Yes. Like it's, it's, an, it's, it's essential. It's an essential service. Yeah. You know, you need internet now. Like there's no, there's no, like there was a time where you can have, you can live in a house with no internet up until, you know, maybe 20 years ago, you can live in a house with no internet, but now it's not realistic. Oh yeah. I mean, I, you and I are, you know, we're very close in age. We remember like when we were kids, like internet first came, not first came yeah. out, but like first came into our homes through AOL. Like I remember my dad yeah. doing it and like we it was were a browsing. fucking party trick. Yeah. We were <laughs> browse the web, get some info. You know, my parents are in bed. It was even used for information. Really? It's always been you used know? for porn. It's always porn. Yeah. It's it, porn and talking to people that you, you know, didn't know. It's all, it's either about porn or talking to people you don't know because you're horny. Like that was yes. <laughs> sex. Sex has definitely ruled the internet for decades, whether it was oh, sex yeah. with regular, uh, re- whether it was fake sex with people or, or, uh, cyber Yo, Phil. or it was pedophilia. ASL. 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 Sex location. You know it. Um, Yo, pick for pick. Pick for pick. S2R send to receive. <laughs> yeah. AOL Instant Messenger talk, man. What was your AOL Instant Messenger name? Um, DJ Topper Two. Topper Two. What's Topper Two? I I I needed a name real quick, and I was watching. I think I was watching uh, Hot Shots. Who's hot? Uh, wait. Hot Shots with um Charlie Sheen. Oh oh. His God. name in the movie was Topper Harley. Yes. Good movie. Good movie. <laughs> So at the time when I created my username, it was uh, uh, DJ uh, Topper. I forget what my- and DJ Topper was already taken. Jeez. <laughs> I forget what my my one in later in life was, but when I was like 16 or 15, the first screen name I ever had was like, it was an, it was, um, SSDF65. Okay. It was an acronym for skateboarding. I can't remember uh, if the other okay. S was for sex or or surfing or something. Because I didn't surf. So I don't know what the other S was. I don't think it was sex. I think it was something else. But the D was for drumming and the F was for football because I was on the football team. And mm. 65 was my number on my football team because I was a left guard. Hmm. So Cliff, um, his username was Hot Disc Fifty Six. <laughs> and Hot and Disc. Hot Disc. Yeah. I love it. I love and um, my brother and I shared that with him for a while until I I was like I need my own. Because I was getting like messages from his classmates and stuff, like they thought it was him that's online. I was like, all right, right. I, I gotta get my mom. Go. And then uh, my brother Hugo, his was uh, 
lax8055. Now, this is going to date him. Um, 8055. My brother's name is Hugo. Right. And 8055 is um, uh, pager for boss. And because his nickname back in the 90s when he was um, in high school, Hugo Boss was really popular. So they called him the boss. And he played lacrosse. Uh, so that's what LAX was, right? And oh, not yeah, long, he was long good at, at the airport. What happened? Not not the airport. No, <laughs> he was uh, he was really good at lacrosse. He got a scholarship to play lacrosse in college. Um, oh, wow. that's awesome. Yeah, and he played for NYIT. So he his his username was Lax Boss, but Lax eight zero five five. That's funny. Yeah, because uh, he had a pager, and he they used to that was like if he was paging somebody, he would let he would page them and then put eight zero five five. See, uh, I, I I think you just like me. I think we were too young for that. I never yeah, yeah. Had, I, I was I was too young for a pager. I got I didn't had get my, one. Yeah, and then then like it was pagers, and then there was a break, and then mobile devices got really big around like two thousand two. Everybody I, had a cell phone. And that's the thing, since like you and I didn't have one growing up because we were too young, I still to this day don't really understand the point of a pager. So the pager was like, it wasn't a phone. Uh, having a phone was really, really expensive, but having a pager was really cheap. Right. Um, that's why a lot of hospitals still to this day issue them to doctors, pagers and beepers. So you would, um, beepers, you would send, um, you would call the beeper service and then it would um, be someone on the line and you would have them send like a numbered response or they could just send your number to the person that the person knows to call you back. Right. You know, it's just basically you, you're pinging the person and the person will call you back. Um, and then there was the pagers where you can actually have um, the person on the line that uh, when you call the paging service, like when you page somebody, it would call, call somebody. Right. And then that would then they could um send a message over unless you know and they'll type in the message what you want them to, it to say. So like, uh, um, please call me. Yeah, please call me. You know that's where like one four three came from. Those number codes came from beeping because when you did beepers, it was you were just calling the beeper and then it would just tell you to put in a number code so you can put in your phone number or you could put in you know one four three which was I love you. Um, you can do, um, nine one one, which meant, yeah, one, four, three, one is one letter four love is, um, four letters and you is three letters. One forty three is, I was today years old when I knew, when I learned that. Yeah. I never heard that. And nine one one meant it was an emergency. So you had to have the, you know, you want, if you wanted somebody to call you back right there. Right. Um, you know, so crazy, man. Yeah. And then two way pages came out. (laughs) <laughs> and which was essentially texting in its infancy. Right. And then after that, they, um, the phones to, why am I giving this history on fucking? Cause I, cause we <laughs> never had one and I never knew what oh, they were okay. about. Okay. You don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> not, why am I this doing is, this? This is, this is what it's like. This was, this is all because I had older brothers and sisters and cousins living in the house. Like you know, every, I think everybody went through the pager period except for Cliff and I, because they were yeah, like, yeah, think, yeah. By that point, then, they were just you know they were dead. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I remember my brother having a blue pager. I remember my cousins having like the black beepers. It was like it was like a thing. 
I remember like all his friends when they would hang out and stuff. All my brother Hugo's friends would hang out, and then everybody had like a pager or a beaver. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that was that's the trip down memory lane right there. <laughs> I remember um, I had a toy beeper. I don't um, even think I had that. Like, I don't even think I don't think I've actually ever seen an actual. Like aside from maybe someone far away, I don't think I've ever actually seen a beeper in person. Yo, remember beeper gum? Maybe that. Yes, I do remember beeper gum. Yeah, of course. And then like candy sticks. It was was like like the the sticks of gum, but it was like the pack was shaped was was shaped like a hard plastic beeper. Yeah, Yeah, I know. (laughs) But like besides that, I've never. I don't think I've ever actually because my dad didn't have one. My dad had the first cell phone we ever had as a family. It was the family cell phone. Um, phone. It was like the old like flip down kind of one. Oh Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. the the the, uh, Motorola. Yeah, 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 exactly. And uh, but no, he Star Tech. That's what it was. Star Tech, yes. Um, but we never had a beeper. I don't think I've ever actually seen one in my entire life, to be honest with you. Yeah, I remember when the cell phone when my mom had a cell phone. It was this old black brick. Yep. Oh man. And then we had that Motorola like thing where you can change the skins. Yeah, the skins. No, your faceplates was the Nokia fifty one fifty. Yeah. And the um the Motorola I forgot the, the model number of the Motorola but yeah it had the soft skins you could take off yep. of it and then and the I remember, first first I phone, a commercial for that what's that oh yeah commercial for that, yeah gorilla. with that with gorilla peeling off yeah, the skins yeah and then it filled the yeah, yeah. wow damn yeah. uh huh yeah damn. remember the do you remember the Omnivoice commercial no with the, with the parrot no it's like this cellular. And then this is Omnivoice. Kind of, yeah. yeah. I mean, the yeah. first cell phone carrier I ever had was Cellular One. Um, I had Voice Stream, which turned into T-Mobile. Interesting, because I have T-Mobile now. Cell One, Cellular One turned into AT&T. Yes, Cellular One turned into Singular, which turned into AT&T. And I forget what Verizon was before. I think, wasn't it like Bell Atlantic? Yep. Yeah. Damn, we're old. Yo, you know, remember? Yeah, I know. Remember in Roosevelt Field how they had the separate break room? Yeah, 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 the offsite. Yeah, if you went down that creepy fucking hallway and you went into like I did a couple of times, there was there's a telecom room down there, and if you go in there, it's like got all old Bell Atlantic shit all over the place. It was crazy. Really, it was like an abandoned room. Yeah, no, it was still used for all the telecommunications in that mall. But they oh, okay. never like there's like this it's in the basement. No one gives a shit. So they never took down the Bell Atlantic stuff. Mm. Did they lock the doors? No. Dude, I could have went in there and destroyed their telecommunications. Shit was <laughs> unlocked and open. It was bad. Yeah. Yeah. I was very, very singularly focused when I used to walk into that mall. Like there was stuff I I like went came in and out of the same entrances all the time. Yeah. I didn't like deviate from path. I'm pretty sure a lot of other people operated like that. I wasn't, in, I wasn't curious. Yeah. About what's going on in this hallway? No, I didn't really give a. No, fuck. I'm a, I'm a curious person, so I like to see what's going on. But like, it also makes me think. Like, I, I forget how long you worked there, but I worked in that location for four years. I worked there four and a half years. And just I was there for a year before you, though. That's right. And like to think, like thinking about it now, like 
having a job and war- work walking the same in and out of the same door every day for four years is just like it's almost kind of scary to me. See, yo, think about our parents. Our parents are that generation that oh did it for God. twenty. My dad has been a state uh, a reporter for the state for th- almost thirty years. Thirty mm. years, like. I, I mean, where I am now, I've, you know, I've, that's the longest job I've ever had. But like, even saying that it's only six years and that's a lot, but he's been at the same job for close to 30 years. It's crazy. It is crazy, man. No, it is. He did travel from different courthouses from courthouse to courthouse, but like still same job every day for this 30 years. Well, except weekends. Oh, except weekends. <laughs> exactly. So, but yeah, that's, that's the thing about our generation is I think if we stay at a company for five years, that's a long time. Damn, I'm I'm coming up on two, well, two and a half. It's only it's only been two and a half since I ran into went into the city. Yeah, I thought you were there. God, I thought you were there longer. No, no. Were you at the place out on Long Island before that? Uh, Northwell. I thought it was Winthrop. No, 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 Northwell. Oh, was that <laughs> was Northwell right before your current? Yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. I was at Northwell for three. No, I was at Northwell for four, four yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. Shit flies, man. Time flies. You know, turn around. We're in our thirties. Thirty-four, man. Thirty-six. Oh God. <laughs> Yeah, I'm 30, 34, man. It's, it's, I turned 35 in January. I turned 37 in December. But the yeah. thing is... Yeah, because you're like two weeks before me, right? Yeah. But the thing is, like, you and I... I don't know. Maybe it's because... Oh, sorry. <laughs> maybe it's because we've known each other for a while. But, like, I don't think we look like we're in our thir- like mid-30s. I mean, we don't look it, right? No, but think about it, like we don't really have like there's people I know that have like gray yeah, that, hair that are, that are yo fucking remember Toby? Yes. Oh, please yo, tell me he's like bald and fat. I don't know if he's bald and fat, but that nigga was gray. Like he was 31. Yeah. He was gray. He was like finished. I think it's because like we act young. We have we're young at heart, and oh god, we sound like we're in our sixties. <laughs> you know, I keep laughing. That's what keeps me young. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I just smile and I have a good time, and I hung out. I hang around younger people. Yeah, so, yeah I mean, if you work it out, we have no choice. Yeah, that's true. I mean, even though right now, uh, my colleague, my all right, hopefully he never hears this. He won't. But my colleague, <laughs> <laughs> my colleague is only a year older than me. He looks like he's in his forties. Oh man, it's crazy. Is he white? He is. He's Dutch. He's like off the boat Dutch and just had a baby. Oh man, he's he's yeah. That sucks. Yeah, yeah. That sucks. Well, you're lucky you're Italian. You guys don't age as bad as you know. No, I mean, and I'm Sicilian, so like you know, we're the plain. blacks of the Italians. Yeah, you guys don't regular. You know, you guys don't age like the plain Jane whites. No, 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 no. Those fair skinned Neapoli- Neapolitan motherfuckers. The, the um, the 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 Wonder Bread whites. Yes. I am a little Irish, but my, my my heritage really stands out more Italian and and uh, Croatian. So uh, you know what? I even feel like it has more. If you're white, like 
white American, like several generations, I think you're, you're, you age poorly. I think that's what it is. Well, I mean, I'm only second generation. No, that's what I'm saying. Like you, I'm talking about like your family came over on the Mayflower. Like, Oh yeah. (laughs) You know that if you're, if you're white like that, I think there's a level of, um, aging poorly that you, you deal with, um, as your punishment for the sin of slavery. I don't know. I, I just think that, you know, they <laughs> age poorly. Oh. Like, you know, like TV dinner white. Like those, I think that's. <laughs> that's no, you're, I get what you're saying because like most like New Yorkers, like, you know, I'm from Brooklyn. I grew up in Brooklyn and, you know, and Long Island as well. Like most New Yorkers like that, that are of Italian descent, They've only they the most are third generation the most like mm-hmm. me I'm second generation so like you know we're not we're not that white we we have closer closer ties to Italy than we do you know uh, the Midwest New York you know and stuff like that so yeah US. yeah I think you're absolutely right in that like we 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 grew up with an ethnicity and we grew up with like old Italian like ways like the food we ate growing up was like real italian food and stuff like not this olive garden bullshit so yes i i I think you're absolutely right on that yeah but like for some people like you know even olive garden is a step up in ethnic food than the shit that they eat you know like macaroni and cheese all day fucking chicken nuggets and shit that that you know that that demographic that midwestern like just corn fed yeah 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 that's there's they age poorly (laughs) Oh. I mean, I'm I'm rewatching Breaking Bad right now, and like, there's yeah, a, you're seeing it. Yeah, there's a scene where like Jesse Pinkman is like, we stayed inside the whole time. All we did was just eat like funyuns and hot pockets, and like that is like what people eat that are not that. Those are, that's what people who don't have ties to descendants that recently came over from their country. Yeah, yeah. There's no Nana in the kitchen like cooking real food oh, all my night. God. You know, rest yeah. my grandmother's soul. Like whenever she was over, or we ever went, if we ever went to her house, or if she was at our house, she was cooking. That woman yeah. never left the kitchen. Yeah, she knows you're cooking. She starts. She knows you're coming over. She just starts cooking. That's how my grandmother was. Yeah, my grandmother was never not cooking. Have a chicken cutlet. Oh, we're gonna yeah. eat, grandma. We're gonna eat in a couple hours. Yeah, but let's just have one cutlet just to hold you over. You know. And, and you know what's crazy is like this whole bullshit that you know American like people don't have the time you know to do that is bullshit because my sister high-powered attorney she fucking cooks up a storm i'm sure like she knows you're coming over she's she took after my grandmother like she's a she's a monster in the kitchen that's the best nothing is better than like uh food that is cooked at home yeah oh no absolutely like i mean i don't i don't know much about like haitian like delicatessens um delicacies thank you (laughs) But uh, I know that going to grandma's house, <laughs> going to grandma's house, the 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 red sauce is not wait, coming from a can. My wait, grandma made it. Wait, what? What? Wait. <laughs> what? <laughs> Haitian delicatessens? <laughs> is that the wrong thing? Yeah, delicacies. Delis are delicatessens. Oh, I just meant like food. Okay, I got it. Delicacy. I know you meant delicacies. Yeah, delicacies. 
delicatessens, you know, those Haitian delicatessens. I mean, it's close. Mostly, they're, they're most of the time they're they're owned by if anybody from Caribbean uh, Dominicans, and we share an island from with them. So there you go. It's true. Or or yeah. or Jewish people. Well, oh uh, yeah. I mean, out here, you know, bodegas are like predominantly Dominican. Oh, um, absolutely. Every bodega I've ever been to is, you know, is usually Dominican. Yeah. Bodega, but bodegas and delis are different. Like bodegas are like yes. Bodegas and delis are definitely different, yeah. and then on Long Island, even bodegas and delis, you know, even the, though bodegas do say deli on them, like there is like specific delis that are like, all right, you yeah. know, I want to, I want an all American hero, and then there's the, the, the bodegas where you like, I want a bacon egg and cheese. Oh, bacon egg and cheese. Yeah, sorry, you're vegan. No, I'm not. Oh, not anymore. I was never a vegan. I, I still <laughs> ate eggs and cheese and stuff like that. You just can't eat bacon, right? Well, now that things have changed, I'm going to be a little bit more loose. <laughs> yeah, that's dangerous for you, bro. You don't have those enzymes. I got, dude, no, that only had, like, if I had a cheeseburger right now, I'd throw that shit right up because I don't have those enzymes. But bacon, like, I ate bacon in the last year. Okay. You know, I mean, when I go, like, my cousin, like, when I, exactly like you said with your sister, whenever she comes, people come over, she's cooking. Whenever I go to my cousin's house, there's always food. And usually in the summertime, it's barbecue food. You know, I've had a hot dog or two. Oh, yeah. Love hot dogs. Uh, pause, but you know I, I get it. You know, chicken just, just can't be. You can't just be. You know, running around saying I love hot dogs. I love hot dogs. <laughs> I love hot dogs. Oh man! Now I'm oh, hungry. it's already an hour. Look at that. I know. I know. We've gone through so much. We didn't yeah. even really touch on the postal service thing. And let's not. <laughs> you know what not, i just I, you know like i i i'm doing it all day like i once i've touched touched down on facebook i'm fucking mr political so yeah i know i see your posts and i i appreciate them <laughs> the one thing i did see today though um and i reposted it on my instagram um in the stories is we said defund the police not the postal service <laughs> I was like, that is perfect. Yes. And then the next one, this girl, uh, she put up a bunch in a row. The next one after that was, it was like, you know, those like New Yorker cartoons, like black and white hand drawn and stuff. It said it was a picture of a couple standing at the window at a post office. And, and under it, it said, do you happen to have in this package anything that is liquid, explosive, or could damage the 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 reelection of our current president. Yeah. I was like, oh man, these are these are hitting hard. You know. Um. So the the one thing I will say is that Michelle, did you watch uh, Michelle Obama's uh, DNC like I address? I did. And I, I don't. I think in my entire life, I don't think I've ever seen a point in, in a DNC thing where they where someone literally goes, "We need to get the fucking president out of here." No, she was very candid. Mm-hmm. And very, very poignant in what yep. she said. I honestly feel like um, it was needed, but I was watching Fox News, um, and a lot of those talking heads that they have on Fox News were kind of like, uh, you know, she made some good points. <laughs> she's not wrong, <laughs> but we'll still call her a transvestite, but she's not wrong. Yeah, that's a big thing they like to do. They like to. See. Yeah, yeah, I've been seeing that. I see it all over the place. Yeah. Michelle Obama's a man. That whole it's ridiculous. Concept. 
and her kids, their kids are purchased. Their kids uh, were, I've seen this whole conspiracy video thing because they're hilarious that her kids were born by like Obama's like sister or something like that. That's why they kind of look like him, but not really. It's a whole fucking thing. Yeah. Stupid. That's what it is. It is very stupid. I mean, that's what uh, a lot of the, um, that's what a lot of conspiracy theories are, you know? And when I look at some of the people that are conspiracy theorists, I've seen memes that say stuff like this. It's like, motherfucker, you failed every class in high school. And you, you're telling me that you have information yeah. that, you know, professionals don't. Yeah. Because you watched some YouTube video. Exactly. And now you're informed. It's like, come on, man. Like you failed basic chemistry. But five, you know everything about how 5G towers are spreading the coronavirus. Yeah. Like, yeah. stop. Like, go away, please. Well, please, just leave. It's, like, it's so frustrating, the whole idea. We don't have to get super into it, but, like, I love hearing, like, trumpets, like, their side of the story sometime because, like, you know – people like you and I who are educated, sensible people, like when we see things like them ripping up uh, mailboxes and, and defunding the post office, we go, well, this is horrible. He's trying to rig the elections with the mail-in ballots and yada, yada, yada. I would love to know what the conservative Republicans are thinking and saying toward, to support his USPS like movement. I would love to know that too. Cause like, let's be real. Yeah. Like all of that stuff, all of that, you know, your, um, the, the stance, the, the government worker stand behind people, all that bullshit that, that, you know, they talk, it, yeah. it only makes sense to them if it's, um, for, or meets their political agenda. Right. You know, as soon as it doesn't, then they stop singing that song. Yeah. Do you know Joe Rogan did a four-hour podcast? Joe Rogan does two-and-a-half-hour podcasts on a regular basis, man. Yeah, but he did a four-hour podcast where he was on either DMT or shrooms with Post Malone. Wow. Well, okay. So I, I there's I was I was would be reluctant to watch it because it's four and a half hours, but because Post Malone's on it, I have no reason to watch it. <laughs> I'm serious. I don't I don't I don't get what he is. He's he's a, a rapper. He's he's one of these new age nonconformist artists that's like, oh, I don't want you can't put me in a box. Yeah. I'm a rapper. I rap, but I'm a singer. You yeah, know. I don't understand like what he is. I I never understood was he a rapper or a singer. And then he's at the he's at the country music awards. Yeah, he's like, um, I mean, he's he he's one of these. He's like Miley Cyrus in the sense that he's just milking the cultures for whatever he can get out of them. Yeah. That's what Molly Cyrus is doing. Like I don't, I don't have a grievance with her just because of hip hop music. You know, I, it, it was made apparent with hip hop music, but like, like she's doing right now, she's become like a folk or country singer or whatever it is, and you know, she's doing the same thing. She's going to get tired of it, and then she's going to find a reason to talk, you know, about how bad it is or how 
you know, it, uh, it was a time in her life where she wasn't mature or whatever. Right. And then she's going to move on to the next genre. Absolutely. You know, that's what she did with hip hop. She was like, you know, um, the genre is, is detrimental to the growth of people. And, you know, it's really irresponsible. It's like, yeah, after you made millions of dollars going on tour and, you know, getting credit for discovering twerking 15 years after it was made popular by hip hop artists. Yeah. You know, you have a problem with hip hop music. Give me a fucking break. I didn't know that she had a, I didn't know idea. I heard that she had a problem with it. I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 When, before she released her, um, like non hip hop influenced album, you know, she was, she had an interview that she was talking about how hip hop, how negative hip hop is to society and this and that. Cool. And she was like a born again country singer. That's another thing that I've noticed too, is like, what's with all the like pop artists becoming like folk country singers? You got Justin Timberlake. You got Jay. Sorry, I was just. You got Justin Timberlake, uh, Miley Cyrus, apparently, and also now um, Taylor Swift came out with like a country folk. Well, Taylor Swift has always been in that lane. Yeah, I know. Like she's always been in that lane. She's kind of bounced in and out of it. Um, I mean, I appreciate the artists of this generation of being able to just kind of define their own sound or just do what they want. Right. Um, but at the same time, you you can do that without disparaging the music that you're financially um, benefiting like, off of. Benefiting from, yeah. Like you know, you don't have to be like you don't have to this like tear down the entire um, musical genre and the culture around it just so you can sell records. You know, as if you've made this like profound discovery of yourself and how detrimental the music was that you were making before so now this is the album you should buy and listen to of mine like you know what i'm saying no i get you no you're you're right like you know like justin timberlake didn't do that justin timberlake already has problems when it comes to um his relationship with black music but um well yeah people kind of you know feel like he's one of the uh cultural appropriators that benefits from you know r&b music but doesn't really it doesn't really give back to it and then there's a lot of the people that are you know still griping over uh janet jackson basically being blacklisted from you know the music industry after her super bowl incident back in the day when he was involved and he didn't take any kind of blame or anything for it yeah so damn it justin timberlake <laughs> i was i i you know i i i never really had a problem with him personally um because right. because i don't know him personally but <laughs> <laughs> I, I i i didn't have a problem with a lot of the stuff that was you know i didn't really you know because i felt like yeah he was making black music but he was also collaborating with a lot of black artists like there were tra- there were most of his tracks that he if he had a collaborator on or if he was working with people he was the only white guy in the room so right you know like like, like jimmy fallon with the roots yeah you know jimmy fallon put like he was like i want to if i'm gonna get a band i'm gonna get you know a hip-hop band boom and he puts on the roots. He doesn't even try to like fabricate some bullshit hip hop band just for, you know, his late show. He's like, I'm gonna use these guys. Hmm? It's great. I love I love Questlove. <laughs> Questlove's hilarious, man. Yes, he yes. He's a fun, 
fun guy. And uh, unfortunately, I never got a chance to go to it, but he used to do an amazing DJ set every Thursday at Brooklyn Bowl. Uh, he's in, he's a really um focused and dedicated dude, man. I, I remember I, I did a video project with um Miguel. You remember Miguel? Yes. So he um he needed help with a video project where he, um you know Questlove. This was right after they got the the gig over at NBC with Jimmy Fallon. Right. So I I went over to NBC Studios with him um where they film the 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 Tonight Show. The, uh, the late the, show, one of what did whatever one it is. I think oh, no, it might be the Tonight Show. I, I don't yeah, know. I went on. I went to that. I went to the studio, NBC Studios, and I'm, um, and I met. Uh, we we I got to work with Quest Love and Daily Music and a couple of other guys from the Roots, that were working on uh, a track for Daily, and like Quest Love is like one of those like serious, like. He's like a music musicians. nerd. Yeah, he was doing the drums on a track for Daily, and it was like he was going. He records the drum hits individually into like, like a, into like a trigger. No, like he was. He has a he had a drum set in in a in a closed sound room, and then he was going through the track and then just doing like the snare hits with one drum right and then he would come back and then he would do the tom one tom and then he would come back and do another tom and then by the time we were done he had a whole drum pattern built up but when he recorded it he recorded each drum throughout the whole song right for four and a half minutes just hitting that one drum in its place that's interesting. Okay. That's not as 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 a drummer. That's not something I've ever done. I know you can do things like with triggers, where you go in and you play a song, and you just play one specific instrument, and it gets triggered into a computer, and then you can go back and and cut and paste it into. It's like a Frankenstein way of recording things. I never liked to do it, but I also did play a different type of music than he did. But it sounds like he just did like triggering, but. Interesting. That's awesome. I had no idea you did that. That's incredible. Yeah. What did was, you do? Uh, I was just shooting video. Oh, that's fucking. Just to be in the room with those guys must have just. Yeah. Did you get to like chat it up with him? Yeah, I got to talk to him. They were talking about stuff. You know, um, he had Prince playing in the background. Amazing. Um, it was like a dope experience. You know, incredible. Miguel, the guy that knows everybody somehow, but isn't really a big deal. Yeah, it's so weird. Because he knows we, so many people, he should be like, yeah, he should yeah. be a lot further along than he is. Yeah, you yeah. know what it is? He used to work with uh, Benny Boom and stuff, uh-huh. making music videos. Okay, Benny Boom used to make music videos like um, Hype Williams and stuff like that. Got it. Um, and he used to work with them. He worked on uh, like a couple, like one of Daddy Yankee's videos. He worked on a couple of hip hop videos back in the day. Like that's another thing. Miguel's a lot older. Then you realize, like, Miguel's, like, 50. Yeah, he's one of those guys that looks young always. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, I feel if I saw him today, he would look exactly the same. Yeah, Like he, a, he does. a velour jumpsuit, bald, little bit of trouble. <laughs> velour jumpsuit. Yeah. Just like, yes. hey, what's up, man? How you doing, man? How you been? Yeah. Like, oh. Great energy, that guy, man. Yo, good, good, like, a super great human. Yeah, he's, he's, he's from Hempstead, you know that? 
Yeah, but didn't he like move down to Miami? He uh he was in Harlem for a little bit, and he was on the West Coast for a little bit. He 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 moves around, man. Good for him. Yeah, he's a cool dude though. But yeah. Um, he was he he put me like in place to meet Questlove and stuff like that. And, uh, That's so cool. That was really really cool. He was just like, "Yo, Phil, I need this." Also, um, we went to Hot ninety seven Summer Jam, and he had amazing tickets. And then, um, when we were leaving, we were with one of the managers and like uh, for Young Money, right. Uh, I don't know if you know. Young Money was like, you yeah, know, yeah, it was like the Drake, Wayne. Minaj, yeah, them. Yeah. At the time, she was like their manager or something like that, and you know, she had got car serviced over to the show, and he was like, "Oh, my my boy Phil's got a car," so she, <laughs> I like dropped her off, and I'm thinking I didn't realize who she was. I didn't know who she was when we were in the car, and then you know, she was real cool, real down to earth because she was sat in the back seat of my Jeep Liberty, right, and then. When we um, got to her place, yo, fucking dope apartment in Jersey. I'm sure. And I was like, yo, who is this person? After she got out the car, he's like, oh yeah, she she she's like, uh, you know, like the house mom for Young Money. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That dude, he just knows people. It's just so weird. Well, it's because he's very personable and he's very um, charismatic, so it works for him. True. Very yeah. true. Uh, I think we should we should put a button on this because I only got twenty three percent battery left. What do you are you recording on a laptop? Yeah, my oh, you, you have a laptop and a desktop. I have I have two laptops. I have a home laptop and a work laptop. Ah, yeah. ah, ah I thought ah. you had a desktop. You got rid of your desktop. I got rid of my desktop back when I was still in Brooklyn because the sixteen inch MacBook Pro came out. And I was like, I want portability, so I returned yeah. it and got this. And now that I'm working at home, they sent me a thirteen inch Pro. Mm, okay yeah so yeah so you know i think that's good um yeah so well where can they find us oh man i mean you know they can find us on spotify apple podcast google podcast stitcher you know what you know what they should just google hipster and homeboy that's right and they should also look up why don't you give some plugs for your stuff and then i'll give plug plug day it's plug day plug one plug plug two plug tune in um yeah so yeah you can find me at bourgeois baskets at gmail.com if you have inquiries for uh any picnic services you know we're going to be uh, open for business till the end of october what i like so. about your business too real quick is like because i was there for the first one photos and stuff like not only do you have like good food but you have like actual good like silverware and setup like everything looks high class that's what i like yeah check out the website you know if you not the website the uh instagram page see see go and then dm me um (laughs) (laughs) check out the instagram page bourgeois at bourgeois baskets on instagram and also uh, we have uh black business branding um a business branding and consultation service where you know we help you get the business aesthetic that your brand deserves definitely deserves yeah you know and that's just you know another one of the hats another couple hats that dj philly c wears uh, <laughs> you know what about you ryan won't you plug some stuff oh man I, I mean everything is really under one sort of name so you can find me on like instagram twitter at ryan j leone uh ryan is my main website with all my services but 
uh, youtube.com slash Ryan J. Leone. I've been doing a lot of YouTube videos and stuff around photography and stuff and having a blast to do that. Just search okay. Ryan J. Leone. And just so you know, I am not the recovering drug addict. I am the photographer because that happens sometimes. <laughs> There is a recovering drug addict that got a book deal. He's clean. I think it's great. It's wonderful. But people sometimes are like, oh, I searched for you and I got this guy. And I was like, well, it's not me. But RyanJLeone.com, Instagram, RyanJLeone, YouTube, RyanJLeone, photography. Come check it out. All right. Um, That's it. You know, I'm Phil. I'm your homeboy. I'm Ryan. I'm your hipster. And I drinks up. Later. Peace.